0: Welcome to Demond Does the Six Questions, where the same six questions can tell a unique story. I am your host, Demond, father of two, husband of one, and leader of this here cast And we have yet another return guest. I'm so excited. We had so much fun the first time. She actually came back on purpose. And I am... <laughs> super psyched about it so she didn't get the i went and listened to the last interview and she didn't get a super introduction like like she should have because i really hadn't made that a stick yet so now this graduate from spelman college started writing professional later in professional this graduate from three two one this graduate of Spelman College started writing professionally later in life and has made up for lost time. You may remember her from the September 2nd episode, where we learn more about steam funk and voodoo meals.
1: <laughs> oh boy,
0: She's back with a new novel in the Mona Livelong Paranormal Detective series. Please welcome back Valja
1: <laughs> Oh my goodness. You make me sound really, really important and special, Damon. <laughs>
0: That's because you are.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: I'm a firm believer that everybody should feel that way at least once. So if you're going to come on my sh- uh come on uh show with my name on it, I figured I'd be the person to help facilitate that action.
1: Well, I really, I really appreciate that. I do. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for coming back, coming by to chat with a perfect stranger.
1: Uh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I had so much fun last time. I did. I had so much fun right around the time. That you interviewed me the first time, that was when Slay was coming out. You know, an anthology, Slay. hmm Yeah, Stories of the Vampire in the War. You know, I kind of, because I had already done mine, and then all 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 my other all the other authors that were in Slay, you know, they got on and they did interviews. So I said, well, shoot, I'll just wait till I release my next novel, and then I'll jump by and ask the man if he has time for me. Yeah.
0: yeah oh, so. For you, absolutely.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you. I've read a couple of the short stories in Slay, and yours was one of the ones I've read so far because I'm reading people that I've either interviewed or I know (laughs) first because that's a huge volume.
1: Yeah, it is big. Uh huh. Yeah.
0: I really liked your story. I thought it was really, really cool. I did not, I was not expecting to like horror as much as. I have so far and I think in my head I've kind of wrapped it around being like a different type of suspense versus Mm -hmm. like slasher movies like I always thought horror was like slasher movies and stuff and it's yeah I
1: don't like those I I don't like and and I'll probably you know I know some of my colleagues probably dig them but I don't I've never gotten into Freddy Cougar or the whole Friday the 13th and they've made like 25 of those movies and I'm so I'm like, are they ever going to stop <laughs> right to <laughs> just keep making a I've never gotten into those i like I like my horror to be kind of more nuanced if that makes sense, and I like a little humor in it too if if I can get some humor, that's great, kind of like um um I don't know if you've ever watched angel
0: yes, the angel yes.
1: series uh, but yeah I, I like it to have a little humor in it, yeah
0: oh that's right up my alley yeah, yeah that's that, yeah I love mm-hmm. angel and buffy those were those are really good shows.
1: Well thank you. I'm glad you dug my story. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what have you been up to since we last talked?
1: I have released my third not the the third novel in my Mona Live Long series, Mona Live Long, Paranormal Detective Three, The Case of the Vanishing Child. And I'm really I'm I'm really excited about it. I have to say that in some ways When I was looking at it, it kind of, it almost kind of parallels some of the stuff that's been going on lately. I wrote this, I've been working on this novel for years. I don't know, maybe I was just picking up the, what do they call it, the zeitgeist of the times? Yes, some of the stuff in there kind of parallels what's going on today. You know, I hope my readers dig it. You know, I worked really hard on it, and and I'm really excited about its release.
0: So, tell me. Let me know. Inform me and our listeners. What's the book about? I'm excited, man.
1: You're familiar with Dresden Files. I think we talked about that before.
0: Yes, ma'am, I am.
1: Okay. So Mona Livlong is a, she's a paranormal detective, just like that Dresden guy was. She solves cases that no one else, you know, that, well, not no one else, but that normal detectives can't solve. You know, cases that involve witches and Uh, ghosts and and, and demons and that sort of thing. So what we have in this third novel is we have kind of overlapping storylines. You know, I don't want to give away too much, but we do have A Vanishing Child, and it's connected to some other things that are going on, some very important things that are going on in Mona's world, Mona's steampunk world. We have a white supremacists that are you know, kind of involved in various involved in various plots. I'll, I'll leave that there. There's a new hero that is introduced, a young man that's introduced, and of course you have your regulars. You have um, uh, her, her guy Curtis DuBois and his partner Harold Polanski, and then there's another young man that I've added to the um, the cast of characters, um, Richard who I kind of patterned after my youngest son, Michael. You know.
0: so,
1: yeah. <laughs> I actually wrote one of my friends into the novel, a young lady that, um, I think you may have interviewed her, and I told her, I, I gifted her a copy, and I said, I want you to read it when you get a chance. I said, because I wrote you in. It's not a, it's a small role, but it's an important role, and I hope you like it, so, yeah. I'm good about writing my friends into my, making them as characters.
0: Valjean yeah. Jeffers. Yes. I say, Jean Jeffers.
1: <laughs> yes, Brother DeMar.
0: <laughs> Are you ready to answer another six questions? Yes, I am. Question number one. What's the nicest thing anyone has ever done for you?
1: So that was like the hardest question, because especially like I would say in the last 20, I'd say 20 to 30 years, I've been so, I feel like I have been so blessed. So I guess I started with my sister, Honoré, who put me in touch with the Carolina African American Writers Collective. And they were so very supportive. I mean, you know, and just encouraged me to take my writing seriously you and know, get out there. One of my mentors, Teresa Church, Sister Teresa Church, she pushed me. She was responsible for me getting uh, two of my first poems published. Before that's before I moved over to fiction. What Annie did for me, kind of, you know, kind of uh, moves over into what what the Carolina African American Writers Collective was able to do for me. So that's like two nice things. And then I think about my fiance Quentin Bill, who's also a writer. And how he always as my cover artist, he helps me bring my vision, you know, what I the vision I have for my stories and novels to life. So so that's like three. I know I know I cheated. <laughs> I can't I can't pin it down. Yeah. Sorry about that, but <laughs> I know I cheated. Meh.
0: So my question to you is this what okay, so the Carolina say that again.
1: The Carolina African American Writers Collective.
0: What was the biggest aha moment? What was the moment? What was the biggest thing that helped your writing being a part of that group?
1: Annie put me. Annie had known the, the founder, uh, Leonard D Moore, for years. Honoree Jeffers, she's a poet. She that's my sister, my, my baby sister. Okay, she had known the founder, Leonard D. Moore, for years, and also Sister Teresa Church. So she just she put me in touch with them. And at that time, I was living in Durham, North Carolina. So I just started, and, and the way they, they um, set things up is you you come to a group of you know, once they accept you, and it was easy, you know, I didn't have any problems getting accepted. You bring your writing to a meeting. They meet once a month. Each member will bring a piece of their writing, whether it's a play or a poem or a story or whatever, and they'll read it, and as they're reading The other group members will take notes, and then they'll critique it. And the critiques are always very constructive, and they're kind. You know, you can go to groups. I've heard horror stories about groups where people just rip your stuff to pieces, you know, and, and just say horrible, mean things to you. It's not that kind of group. It's not that kind of group. They're very supportive. That's awesome. And then they give you, they tell you, okay, these people are looking for poems. This this this, this um, individual is looking for, for poems, or this individual is looking for fiction. So they helped me, really help me develop, yeah, help me develop my writing.
0: It sounds like they helped you. Did they help you network as well?
1: They did. They did. I was published, and I think it was only the second time I, I had been published, which is a very big deal. In the Ringing Ear, Black Poets Lean South. That is a a book that was edited by Nikki Finney, who's she's she's a pretty big deal in the in the in the world of poetry. She is. I mean, I was just blown away. And I think before I I had written a poem, my best day, and I called Teresa and read the poem to her, and I said, you know, should I send it? She said, send it. She said, send it. I actually had two. And I read both of them. She said, send them. Nice. Yeah, you don't have anything to lose. That's true. (laughs) When they wrote me back and told me, I almost fainted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, they did. And and, um, they gave me some very helpful information about, you know, writing fiction. I remember Lenard telling me, and he was one of the ones that helped me develop my characters, telling me one of my characters was flat. Mm. And I went back and looked at for him, you know, what? he's right. He said, I can't feel any emotion coming from this character. So, and that's the kind of stuff, as a new writer, that's the kind of stuff you need to hear.
0: Question number two. What are you really good at?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm really good at writing. But... <laughs> I'm very good at writing. You know, I enjoy it so much. I do. I enjoy it. Um, I'm, I'm really, I'm good at it. I know I'm good at it. I'm good at switching between genres. I should say I'm good about putting my feelings down on the page. Uh, some some guy put up a meme or some, some a while back, I think it was, was it Ernest Hemingway, and said if you're a writer, all you do is, is take a pen and bleed onto the page, right? So to you got to put your feelings out there.
0: That sounds very simple and probably the most difficult thing to do is putting your feelings out there.
1: Yeah, you tap into when you're writing. You know, as I think all good writers do, you know, you tap into your feelings whether they're feelings of rage, pain, love, joy, humor, all of them. And they become your characters. They become the spirits that walk across the page the readers that I, or rather the writers that I most enjoy are those whose characters are just, they're just so alive, you know? Yeah, like I said, they could just leap off, feel like you, they could just leap off the page and talk to you. So so that's what, that's what I'm good at. Yeah. I, I meant to say I'm a good listener. I like to talk, but I also like to listen.
0: You brought up something very interesting. Um, how do you pull those feelings out when you write? Because that to me seems so personal mm-hmm. and, and I know all all artists do that to some degree and I guess probably how much they do it is how, will deem how successful they are. How do you do it?
1: Well, I'm not writing about you know, I'm not writing about myself. I think that to me that would be even more difficult if I was writing an autobiography. I'm writing about things that matter to me, you know, when I'm creating a world, or I'm writing a world that I've already created, I'm I'm tapping into things that are important to me. And I'm tapping into things that we all care about, that need to be loved, that need to be comforted, that need to feel safe. And also, you know, at times when you, you know, you got to fight, you can't give up, you can't just lie down and let things happen to you, you got to fight back. You know, you have to be a warrior at times. And these are things that I'm tapping into and I'm putting them, you know, putting them in my characters. And my characters are probably more courageous than I am. Yeah. I know, um, in, in Mona live long three, there is a character. And that's why I say it's a lot of kind of exploration, probably self exploration, but, um, exploration of, of characters. And they, a lot of times they grow and evolve. And the way you start out with the character is not necessarily the way you end up with one. And I have a character that in the beginning, he was supposed to be a really bad guy, like a serial killer. As I kept messing with him, he turned out to be something totally different. Not so much a hero, but someone who was kind of uh, tortured and Wanted to do, wanted to live life in one wreck way and and couldn't and and felt trapped by his circumstances.
0: Last time, I don't believe we discussed your writing process. Are you a plotter or a pantser?
1: A plotter or what was the second
0: one? A plotter would be like someone he uses uh, as an example, someone who uh, has outlines, maybe outline. I know, uh, I think it was seriously reading Murphy She. I think it was her. She uh, outlines like her chapters and what is going to be in each chapter. As an example, oh no, I don't do that.
1: No, um, I don't do that.
0: And then Derek yeah. Ferguson, on the other hand, he will just start writing, and sometimes mm-hmm. he just goes off on tangents. And then if it doesn't fit mm-hmm. in the book, he just cuts it out. Is that what you do?
1: That, that's that's me. Yeah, that's me. The second one, that's me. I just start writing. I discover it as I as I go along, and then if there's something that I feel like doesn't fit, I just get rid of it.
0: Question number three: What surprises you most about yourself?
1: No, that that one is easy. My optimism—I have the ability to be optimistic about about things. I'm um, I'm pretty sure my faith helps with that. I know my faith helps with that. Looking at things, looking at situations, I'm always, you know, I said, "Well, it's it's, it's going to get better. It's got to get better."
0: Did you have that early on, or did you develop? How, or is that something that you've developed over time?
1: probably had it as a kid really I think what I did was I went back and tapped into my inner child's optimism you know kids can recover from really well I won't say well they they can't just about anything I mean they can bounce back they have the ability to bounce back and and looking back you know as at as myself as, as very young you know I realized like the, the joy that I would find and the laughter that I would find or the laughter that I found and the joy that I found, and kind of tapping into that, so you know that I, I needed that as I got older.
0: How have you been doing that recently with all the things that are going on in the world with all the oh. uh, you know with covid and with racial yeah. justice and
1: I don't want to sound churchy, but I am a Christian, which I guess would surprise maybe not surprise people you know that write horror science fiction, so you know. You know, I feel blessed that nobody, you know, knock on wood in my immediate circle has been affected by it. I do pray on it. Um, and, and not just, I also, I take i take precautions. Um, you know, my family, not just my immediate family, my extended family, we're all very careful, you know, to socially distance and wear face masks and wash our hands and all that stuff. It is kind of difficult at times when you see all of the stuff that's happening around you. But, you know, sometimes at the end of the day, all you can do is try to protect yourself, try to protect those you love.
0: Question number four. If relieved of responsibility for a day, what would you do?
1: Read. I don't get a chance to read as much as I'd like to. Yeah. Knowing me, I'd find something else to do. (laughs) You know, I'm working on a screenplay, right? The screenplay of the switch to clockwork. So, yeah. But probably read. Yeah. Maybe do a little cooking. And then find something else to do. Work on my screenplay. (laughs) Yeah.
0: For business and or pleasure, so this is two separate questions. Do you read horror uh, while you're writing, or and do you read horror while you're relaxing?
1: Well, I only read for pleasure. Gotcha. There is a book that I was published in recently. All the songs we see sing, rather, that was published by um, that was edited by Lenard DeMourne and, and three of my poems in it. So I've I've gone back and read some of that. When I read other stuff, it's it's, it's genre fiction you know, like Slay, like I've read some of the stories of Slay, you know, I'm still getting around to that, and I'm I'm terrible about buying books, and I haven't finished reading the books I already have. I'm reading, still reading uh, Penelope Flynn's The Chronicles of Renfields, I have that, and then there's another uh, young lady, I purchased her book on Kindle, I'm gonna find the title of it, so I'm I'm reading on that. So I have like three books, (laughs) Three books that I'm reading, you know, and I'm I'm just kind of bouncing around between them. All horror. Yeah.
0: Question number five. What are you proud of?
1: I am so proud of my success as a writer. I am really proud of it. At the same time, I'm very, very humbled and very grateful. You know, my readers actually will email me. And say, someone said, I really like this. You know, I'm really enjoying this, you know. For a writer, there's just nothing better than opening an email. Someone says, oh, I really love your book. I'm reading your book right now, right? (laughs) You just want to do like a little happy dance, right? And then the writing, my writing community is also very supportive. So I I am very humbled and very grateful for the support of both my writing community and my readers. And I'm also proud of the progress that I've been able to make.
0: What is a big piece of advice that you received that took your writing to the next level?
1: I would probably say when Lenard told me that one of my characters was flat, and that made me go back and look at that character and develop it, you know, develop that character. And and from that, to work on developing, you know, developing my characters, making them, you know, well-rounded. Nobody wants to read a character, or nobody wants to—well, I would say I don't anyway. Most people, I would think, don't want to read, you know, a book with characters that are just like one-dimensional. There's a show I used to watch, Smallville, that just—that show got on my nerves so bad, because that guy— was just so perfect and so goody too she's like nobody is this good okay He's just you're annoying and <laughs> I just I just couldn't you know and I've seen movies like that where you know the character is just too perfect and too you know and I don't want to read a novel like that nobody is just all good we are mixtures oil and water you know good and bad um, I don't want to say dark and light because black is beautiful, but you know where I'm. You know what I'm getting at. You know we are a mixture of, of various things. One of my favorite sayings or memes I saw a while back said there there are two wolves in you, and one is greedy and you know and evil, and the other one is they said, well, which one, grandfather, uncle, which one, you know, dominates? It said the one that you feed. So it's you know, do you give into your Best in your loving impulses, or are you an evil, you know, evil person? Are you feeding that part of yourself?
0: Question number six If someone knocked on your door, who would you be thrilled to see standing there?
1: Without a doubt, Issa Ray. Issa (laughs) Issa (laughs) Ray. I would love to work with her. I really would. She started out. Oh, I'm going to give you the name of this. Um, the, the other young lady I was reading when I, when I answer, finished answering this question. She started out with a web show, Awkward Black Girl. And I stumbled, I stumbled upon the show and started watching it. It was hilarious. And the next thing I know, she has an HBO series, Insecure. I'm like, you got to admire this sister's hustle. And I would just love, I would love to work with her on my, you know. I know she's more into drama and comedy, but she did do that film Little. You know, So I, I, would, I would just love to work with her. You know, of course, that's just a pipe dream. But anyway, that's who I would love to see standing on my front, on my doorstep, Issa Rae.
0: Why did you say it was a pipe dream? Which wolf were you feeding then?
1: you ah, you right, you right. Check me then, Brother DeMond. You are so right. You are so right. Yep. Well, I'll try to get her attention if I can. I mean, for somebody to start out with a web series, and then the next thing you know, they have an HBO series. I'm like, how did she do that? Mm. And Insecure, I don't know if you ever had a chance to watch it. They bill it as a comedy on HBO. But it actually tackles, that show actually tackles some pretty serious issues. I'm tired of watching movies and shows where black folks die. Yeah, I'm ju- I'm just putting that out there.
0: I feel the same way. Like I yeah. am also sick of like the slave narrative and
1: yeah, the tragic oh, uh, black
0: story and all that. I don't stuff. wanna
1: see I put that on, on on Twitter. You I think you saw that. I don't wanna see nothing else named the butler or the maid. Right. Unless the butler of the maid unless it's a horror show and the butlers and the maids are the are the are heroes. Okay? You can add the help to that. And somebody some other brother was like, Can you add slave to that too? Yes I can. Okay, I don't wanna see nothing else about that. I don't wanna see nothing else about no rappers. I don't wanna see nothing about no ball players. And I don't wanna watch anything else where we where we die at the end. We die enough in real life. I know art imitates life, but I just uh-uh.
0: Yeah. You ain't got to imitate it that close. <laughs> yeah, that, that's
1: what I'm saying. And if if you if you read my stuff, and you're looking for somebody, someone that you really character, you really character care about to die at the end, I hate to disappoint you because it ain't gonna happen. It's not happening. I ain't gonna say I'm not gonna drop some bodies. Now I'm gonna drop some bodies. <laughs> 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 Oh, there will be blood. Okay, but <laughs> I like for somebody when they put down one of my books to say, "God, that made me feel so." That book made me feel good. I feel so positive. You know, I get that. Yeah. And, and I've read authors like that. N.K. Jemison is one. Is one of my favorite authors. Yeah, The Hundred Thousand Kingdoms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you put that down. Actually, I had someone. I had bought it on audio book, and afterwards, you're like, "Oh boy, I feel so." that made me feel you know so you know awesome yeah so that's the way i want to feel what somebody feel when they put down one of my books yeah.
0: right on right on okay this is the part where you tell everyone how to find you and your awesome books and go
1: yes. okay um if you want previews or you want to buy print copies from me you go to www.vthesearevictor Jeffers, JFFERS, and Q, like Quinceville.com. That's www. The Jeffers and Qville.com. You can also find me on Amazon, Smashwords, and Barnes and Noble.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you for coming out and uh, hanging out with me.
1: Mm, thank you, uh, thank you, Brother DeMond, for having me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really, I had, a, I had fun. I always have fun when I'm interviewed by you. Yeah. I hope I didn't get myself in too much trouble. Yeah, I hope if I did, it was good trouble.
0: <laughs> so, what do you think? Did Sister Valjean get herself into any good trouble? Let me know by emailing me at demonddoes, all one word, at gmail.com and by leaving a five-star rating and review and cast your vote. Good trouble or bad trouble? Remember, the ratings and reviews drive us up the charts so more people can join the conversation. Next week, I have the pleasure of interviewing another podcast host of a show I love dearly, The Boondocks Pod, which is a rewatch show of the TV show The Boondocks. If you don't know what that is, go look it up and go watch it immediately because it's awesome. My next guest will be one-third of the host for that great show, a woman who wastes no words or time with any BS, my girl, Lindsay K. So until next time, see it. hear it, speak it, live